Wee! It's time for the first episode of our Invincible series we're doing here on the Vectorverse. I am yeah. Vector. He is Shoff. Shoff, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing real good, real good. Yes. How are you? I'm doing excellent because we're going to be talking about Invincible, which, uh, spoiler alert, is now my favorite show on television. And we're going to tell you why <laughs> right now. Um, we did not talk about the first season of Invincible, so we'll get a little quick first season, and then we'll go right into this season two, episode one, A Lesson for Your Next Life. I'll kick it off real quick, Shuff, since I never talked about it here in the Vectorverse. Sure. Season one of Invincible was fantastic, and it had a high bar to meet. My expectations were through the roof because I was a huge fan of the comic series. So when the adaptation came out, and it came out during the pandemic, during that uh, lockdown time, it was like the perfect time to watch it. My wife had just given birth to my son, so we had a lot of time on our hands to watch stuff. So <laughs> uh, she had never read the comic series, so getting to experience it through her eyes was Ooh, okay. um, an amazing experience for me. Uh, what did you think about season one of Invincible Shaw? So I, I watched it, uh, I binged it, and I, I binged it in preparation for season two. So I did not uh, experience it the way that you did. Now, I don't know, did they release episodes weekly back yes. when they first? Okay, so so you had that that gap of time. And I always think that's an interesting development. Like when you choose to wait and binge it all at once ver and, or like at your leisure versus it being like a weekly thing where you have to wait to see what happens next. So I binged all the first season. I binged the, that Adam Eve special yes, that yes. they have on there, which is really cool to go in the backstory of Adam Eve. And then I also supplemented all of that by reading the source material um and i think i'm up to issue 20 or 21 i'm reading them by the compendiums so i'm on the first compendium but within that compendium it's weird i think after like issue 20 then it said issue zero so i was like oh i'm a little confused here hmm. so I, I i had put a pause on that um i was reading something else and i haven't come back to it yet it's interesting to see where the show went their own way and also how they adapted stuff to to fit it all within like a 10 episode season or whatever it was. So yes, really exceptional stuff. I was surprised and I'm sad that I slept on it, but I'm kind of glad I did because it gave me a chance to really absorb it in like a all the way through way. Just kind of be like, all right, I'm knuckling down. I'm going to make this happen. Yes. Um, it's a lot of fun. And I'm really enjoying Perfect. reading it, the comics after the fact which we talked a little bit about. Yes. We talked about oh, how right. some people prefer to read the book and then see the movie or the TV show or vice versa, watch and then read. And so you've got the, the first approach. I've got yes. the second and I kind of prefer the second approach. I'm not going to oh, lie. Dang. Yeah. Well, as we talk about the adaptation, let's, let's get um, your thoughts on that as we go through it. Cause I'm curious um, to hear about that. And you have a much uh, more recent take on the comics. For me, it's been like 15 years since I've read yeah. them. So um, I, I do need a little bit of a refresher, but let's get right into season two, episode one, a lesson for your next life. I just want to start off season one and season two. The first thing that came to my mind was whoever is the casting director on the show <laughs> needs to win an award yeah. because this voice cast is fantastic. Like 
top to bottom, every single character from the mains to the background voices, supporting cast, everyone is fantastic. And I do like how on Amazon they do this thing called X-Ray. Where I love you can, X-Ray. Yeah. You can see uh, relative to whatever the scene is, who the voice actors are, yes. what the music is playing. Yes. Um, and there's even a little shop to the Invincible store on Amazon. Got to get the Amazon plug in there. But I just love like confirming because this is something that I do on a regular basis with my wife. I'll pause it. And I'll, most of the time I'm able to pick up the actors just by their voice. And uh, sometimes I'll quiz my wife. You know who that is? She has her <laughs> favorites. But uh, I like X-Ray gives me the confirmation. I don't have to go to Google and see, oh, was I right or was I wrong? So. That to me, n- number one off the bat, like I oh, love yeah. this voice cast in in Invincible. Stephen Yoon and J.K. Simmons, like, feel like they were made for this for these roles, and we really didn't see do. them in this episode, but in the first season, Seth uh, Rogen as Alan the Alien. I was like, how is that going to work when I first <laughs> when I first cast him? I was like, wait a minute. But then when I heard his voice, hey, you're early. You shaved your mustache. I was like, okay, this this sounds right. This sounds uh, good. Y- you mean I'm supposed to be uh, 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 not not fighting somebody on Earth? Uh. <laughs> I love this cast. What what do you think about as a voice actor yourself, Shaw? As a talented voice actor yourself, what do you think about this cast? I love it. I love it. I'm, I I agree with you completely. Although I think that they're pretty heavy handed, but they're smart too in the amount of roles they give to. I'm literally blinking on his name. He voices the immortal as well as a bunch oh, of the guardians. Yes. And he was Shoot. the in end game and in infinity yeah, where he was the exactly, red skull as, as red skull. Yes. yes. Um, Let me look him up real quick as yeah, you talk while you're talking. And then Greg oh, Griffin Marquand. Thank Mark you. Juan. Yeah, he does a, a bunch, but he's yes. extremely talented man when it comes to voice acting and impressions. Uh, he does a lot of really great impressions of a lot of famous actors and actresses uh, nice. uh, and celebrities. And um, and then Gray Griffin. Yes, uh, she does a ton. She, she does a ton, but she's yeah. extremely prolific. She's been in the voice acting world for a long time. And she you name it, she's probably done it or been in some franchise or whatever. Like she is. <laughs> she's very successful at what she does yes but they've done amazing and this season is no less i mean we got sterling k brown as uh angstrom levy and that is yeah you just said it. chef's kiss sterling k brown is an amazing actor first and foremost yes his work on this is us incredible he's so realistic and in his approach he really is i wouldn't call him an actor so much as a reactor like Mm. he really understands in a scene like how to be present for the scene and really how to make it feel like you're just watching real people interact with each other like it's not acting you're not pretending he's just reacting and that's really what you want to do and then you've got uh, his work in Black Panther, which he was excellent in, and everything else. Like, he is no stranger to really great character pieces, and this is going to really stretch him because of the aspect of Ingstrom Levy's uh, role uh, in this. Yes. And uh, it's kind of heartbreaking. Honestly, this first episode is a little bit heartbreaking for his character because he's got such a, a really noble uh, desire to help the world he's on by leveraging the brilliance of other worlds and that really backfires in a big way there's something um in our our differences in approach i already knew he was going to become a villain 
because of the comics. When you were watching it, did you know? Did you have any sense that because he's working with the Mauler twins, like he was going to turn out to be a bad guy? Or like, how did you take that? Um, I think the comics, unless I'm mistaken, I feel like the comics are a little bit more heavy handed that he, I guess, is going to be a baddie. Like, yeah, I think I don't remember having sympathy for him like I did in this. Yeah, I feel like the way they approached it in the sh- in the show showcased a softer side uh, mm, yes. that is, in a sense, getting completely like garbled by the memories of all these other multiversal uh, uh, dimensional Angstrom's, counterparts. Yeah. Um, because he, and he mentioned, and it's kind of like a throwaway line, but if you pay attention to it, it really makes more sense why he's now has his laser sights set on taking out invincible is because in a majority of the dimensions that he's visited, invincible and Omni-Man team up. Yes. And they, uh, conquer earth in preparation for the Viltrum, uh, empire or however. And that, first of all, is really interesting to me. Um, and also the way they started this episode at the very top with showcasing, it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit jarring because you see invincible and you, you're like, okay, well, this is, this is my guy. This is invincible. This is where we're, we're picking up From where we left season. off. Yep. No, yes. it's a completely different dimension, completely different and universe. That wasn't in the comics, right? From my memory. Oh, I don't no, remember it was. that. It was. Oh, it was. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and in fact, even the immortal fight was also in the comics as well. Ooh, okay. And that's very much like Days of Future Past, the X-Men uh, yeah. uto- like dystopian future. Uh, and that's a, one thing that I really like about Invincible is it's playing off of our expectations of superhero comics. Like yep. as fans of superhero comics, movie at this point, movies, TV shows, you know, the MCU, the, the DCEU, we have this collective knowledge, this pop culture knowledge of all of these things and invincible both in the comics and now in this show ha- is just like a commentary on those things and also kind of subverts your expectations because you're thinking, Oh wait, like you just mentioned, this is my guy. Like, Oh, this is, this is who we thought from season one. Nope. It's a multiversal doppelganger. It's somebody that is an evil version of, of who we know. So I love that opening because it got me. I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. Right. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It really confuses the audience in a very purposeful way so that the payoff can be greater. And then you're like, oh, dang. But then you go, we cut back to our Invincible from our universe. I say our, but, you know, the one that we're familiar (laughs) with. I mean, yep. And he's kind of just going through the motions because he's in this place of being a little bit shell shock and uh, PTSD. And he knows he's got to like, use his superhero powers but he's still reeling from the uh, aftermath of this betrayal mm-hmm. uh, on extreme levels from his dad slash the most powerful man on earth or was on right. earth i like that the show doesn't shy away from that kind of the the aftershocks yes. which is really what yep. this episode is a focus on it's the aftershocks um of of what went down and i right. think that's great and him trying to come into his own of okay now what now what do i become do i still continue on this path do i work right. with cecil who by the way cecil 
voiced by Walton Goggins, who I love. That's another actor that is a um, chef's kiss for me when they announced <laughs> yeah. that Walton Goggins was going to be <laughs> Cecil. And I, I always like Cecil in the comics as well. So um, he he's doing a fantastic job here. But it's I'm I'm loving the storylines of Invincible and of the Guardians of the Globe and that team dynamic. Yeah. I'm loving these two intersections of the stories and how he wants to join the team. And then we had that great scene of, are they the guardians of the globe at this point? I think. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I love seeing their interactions and it, and it was, uh, you know, Jason Manzoukas, uh, <laughs> our, I think one of our favorite actors and uh, comedians and seeing all of those guys working together. That was a, a lot of fun, and, and uh, I'm really liking where that's going to go in this yeah. season, them trying they, to become a team. Yeah, and it's it's good to see them not like totally meshing and jiving and having some issues. That's definitely uh, aligned with the comic books as well, um, although it happened a lot earlier in the comic books that Cecil was sort of like taking issue with them and stuff mm. and bringing in Bulletproof and Immortal. I, I have some future knowledge. I'm not going to say anything because I know where you're at in the comics. I, I really like Jason Manzoukas, um, his portrayal of Rexplode makes me like him more. I did not really like him in the comics, but I just love Jason Manzoukas' performance <laughs> and his voice. He just makes me laugh. You know, listening, to, anytime I hear his voice, it just makes me smile. You so, know what I think I, is the charm of Zooks is that he's just a scoundrel. Like, oh yeah, in yeah. any role. In anything he does, he is a scoundrel. And and we can't help but like that. Like Han Solo, scoundrel. You know, like we cannot help but enjoy these characters. And uh, I just finished binging Twisted Metal on oh, Peacock. Yes. And mm -hmm. when he popped up out of nowhere <laughs> as part of the Holy Men gang and uh, <laughs> played the role of Preacher, which is an actual character from the Twisted Metal franchise. And one of my favorites, one that I would play as when I was playing the game, like pretty regularly, uh, I lost, I lost it. I, I was <laughs> loving every second of it. So I've had a definite, like massive influx of Zooks <laughs> in my uh, yes. consumption of television. Yes. And I'm loving it. <laughs> yes, man. I don't think he's ever done anything that I haven't liked. No. So like I said, just another feather in the cap, but what's up uh, jerks. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely makes me like, or care about, explode a lot more than I yeah. did in the comics. Um, another one is Zachary Quinto. That's, you know, an actor yes. that I love as Spock and hearing his like monotone delivery of robot like that, even though robots face kind of is off putting and makes me kind of creeps me out. It's like, I love Zachary Quinto. So I just, I love hearing his voice and his portrayal. So this is a, a thing where the comics it's in your mind, right? Like you're reading their, or you're hearing their voices in your mind, but these actors, this is something that I think the show can, can deliver that the comics can't is these human performances and what each actor brings to their part is something special. And that's something that um, adds to it. So just uh, that's a difference between reading the comics and watching the show. Uh, so just like I said, from the start, fantastic, casting job and i'm loving it also something i'm loving shaw is the mauler twins 
who yes. Kevin Michael Richardson is also one of my favorite voice actors. These guys are supposed to be bad guys, but even <laughs> in the first season, the you're the clone. No, I'm the original and you're the clone. Like right. that whole yeah. back and forth. Like it and it, uh, my wife also loved the first season <clears throat> and she loved their back and forth of who is the clone and who is not. Well, uh, and, and it just uh, continues in this season. And the shtick of them always like somehow breaking out of this like very well protected prison for super powered people. Um, that's always like some scheme and, and typically in the least past couple of times, it's always been people who are on like the good side of the fence who are needing their help. So uh, like robot was first season and then now yeah. we've got this. So, and um, at the end of this one, I'm never working for anybody else again. I'm only working for myself. <laughs> So I'm glad that one. I'm glad that at least one Mauler twin survived because I was like, oh man, did they wipe out all of them? I was like, that they were fun. They were fun. Yeah. So and it was also cool when they had the multiversal Maulers. Yes. They had like the Monster Girl variant Mauler, like the the Mauler that looked like Monster Girl, and um, they had all the different ones uh, being true villains. At that point, I was like, nah, I don't. I'm not with these guys. Like our main Maulers <laughs> are the ones that I feel for. But yeah, they've just been great. Um, and I think, again, like we said, Shaw, Sterling K. Brown, to me, stole this episode. Like his performance as Angstrom Levy was fantastic. And a another character that I didn't really care about in the comics, but in the show, I'm much more sympathetic. I'm like, oh, dang. Yeah. And then the also the fact that he sacrificed to save Invincible, really. Yeah. That was like, hey, this is like a hero's uh, intro, even though he ends up you know, becoming kind of crazy with all the memories. It was like, that is a noble thing that he did for sure. So it's like, this is not just black and white. This mm -hmm. is like uh, shades of gray for this guy. So I'm, I'm really loving what they're doing with him. Yeah, and we get some early indications of Mark's mom being an alcoholic, which we see a lot, at least I've seen a lot more so far in the 20 issues I've read of Invincible. Um, although it's they've swapped out, it, it's not Olga that she drinks with, it's costumer guy, I can't think of his name. I don't oh, remember. is he, dang, yeah, and he's voiced by Mark Hamill in the first yep, season. that's right. And um, then I think there is yeah. someone that she does, another like female that she does drink with, but I can't remember her name. I don't think it's Olga, though. I liked Jay Farrow as Bulletproof. Yeah. The only the only downside with casting Jay Farrow is like he's so great at other voices. Right. And right, he's just playing himself. Like yeah. he's just doing a Jay Farrow voice. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I wanted to call out one thing. It's totally like just isolated, but the moment where in in the beginning where we see the other version of Invincible, the uh, uh, multiversal Invincible, mm -hmm. he paralyzes Adam Eve. Yes. Instead of killing her, I'm like that is like. A, that's not a mercy situation. That's not give, like showing mercy on someone. That's like the, and I don't want to like sh be defined as some kind of ableist here, but <laughs> when you are going to actively make someone a like quadriplegic instead of killing them, that to me seems like a fate worse than death. Like mm. that she can't move anything below her neck. She's stuck in this state. She's like basically a prisoner in her own body. Like right. I feel for anybody in that situation. And, I would think that if if I were in that position and I didn't have any control of any of my extremities and I was in a perpetual state of maybe pain, I don't know, like just left with my thoughts. And that's all like, you know, like, I don't even know if she could talk. Who knows? Like at this right. point, like that yeah. to me seems like the, an awful 
position to be in. So yeah, just heartbreaking. I mean, granted, yeah. that's not that's not our Adam Eve that right. we're used to, but whew. I yeah. also think it's interesting that Steven Yoon is invincible, and then we know that in the Thunderbolts movie for Marvel, he's supposed to be playing or rumored to be playing the Sentry, which is oh. it, basically Marvel's answer to like a Superman character, right? And Invincible has all those power sets, just about all those power sets. Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> we're already hearing the voice of what will be a live action version of Invincible in a Marvel mm. setting. So I thought that's interesting. Kind of, uh, kind of interesting how those. Yeah. Work. Did you hear they're also doing an Invincible live action project? No. Um, yeah, that's in the works right now. It's in early, the early stages. So we'll see. Uh, Maybe that's what Sterling K. Brown was getting really ripped for. Ooh, <laughs> Everyone knows, yeah. like, he's getting ripped to be Commissioner Gordon, and then he just wore a trench coat the whole time. Like, <laughs> no. Oh, man. Yeah, this is going to be fantastic. Um, I, I really like the direction and the adaptation of this comic book. Like, the way that they've done, I think this is the perfect way to do an adaptation. The way that they've, it's not necessarily exactly like the comics i think they have the benefit of hindsight now in 2023 versus when the comic was coming out in 2003 um there's a lot of things that i think robert kirkman was like you know i could probably do this a little bit better and a little, this is what i would have done if i was writing the comic today so i like that aspect of it i like that it's not a carbon copy clone that's always for me a bad thing with an adaptation. I'm like, if it's the exact same thing, I can just go read the comic. And I think that's a better experience. This one, there's, there's, it's bring something different to it. And so that's the type of adaptation that I like. Also not the opposite, the extreme end of, well, this doesn't look like this doesn't resemble the original thing that it's adapting. So I think they're doing a a great job so far on, on this adaptation. Can I can I make a hot take on this uh, on what you're saying there? Let's hear this. I would argue that the changes made from the source material to the uh con- the the TV adaptation are all better choices. Mm. I think that it only serves to enhance and improve upon the source material. It never mm. feels like they took the worst option. It always feels like yeah. what they decided to do only served to make it better, more interesting, more fun. Um, so it every decision they made to try and encapsulate a very robust storyline and mm. and uh lore content that's out there. Like I mean, we're talking what like 150 plus issues, I think. Yeah. Spread across three compendiums. Like there's a lot out there. And I'm still reading stuff into issue 20 that hasn't even happened in the first season. Mm. But also there's stuff that I'm reading that's happening in season two now. So uh, the way that they are able to sort of like confine, combine, mix it all together, like it really is a brilliant adaptation. And they've done an exceptional job. Yes, man. I can't wait show off for more Invincible. This episode was a great first um, start to this uh, this new season. And I just even though we 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 haven't seen it yet so we don't you know we don't know the full extent of season 2 in my mind i'm like this is going to be too short it's just not going to be enough <laughs> i want more invincible we're getting the first 4 episodes week to week 
and then they're taking a hiatus, taking a break, and then they're coming back and, and giving us another four. So I'm like, man, this, I just already feel like it's not enough. Um, but I wonder I'm why they're breaking. Back. I don't. Yeah, I haven't heard anything on that. I don't. My only guess is that maybe they're waiting uh, for what would be because if it's going to release into February, I think that's like sweeps time frame for mm. TV shows. So maybe they're trying to like take advantage of those numbers. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard any interviews or anything. Um, and we were even confused. You and I were talking as we were planning this podcast. We were like, is this going to all drop at once? Is it going to be weekly? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I would be interested to hear the behind the scenes on Invincible and see what's going on. But I'm glad it's back, Shoff. I'm glad that we're getting more Invincible. Uh, did you have any other hot takes, Shoff, before we get out of here? <laughs> um, I thought it was funny that Immortal got his arms and heads or whatever all ripped up <laughs> that's like his destiny no matter what universe he's in he's yeah. gonna get ripped apart uh i thought that was funny uh i loved the uh opening scene to the tune of radiohead's karma police that was a perfect track we talked about music as a perfect track for uh what he was like going through the motions and all of that so uh so yeah but all in all great can't wait for uh episode two Yes, I can't wait. And I can't wait to have you back, dear listener, dear viewer, for another episode of our Invincible Review and our Invincible Breakdown for Season 2 on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Before we get out of here, just want to let everybody know we do have a way that you can give back to the Vactiverse and show us some love. We have super thanks, super chats. If we ever decide to do live, we have, we're going to have super chats where people can uh, send us donations as we're talking live but for mm. now we're just doing the uh, pre-recorded stuff so super thanks right down below where you can like the video there's a little thanks button and you can click on that and give us a small donation or whatever your heart's desire that we can put back into the show to bring you more in the vactiverse uh, so thank you very much for joining us thank you shaw for joining us you did fantastic as always i'm always happy to have you my friend thank you uh, can't wait for the next episode of Invincible. Shaw, take us out. <laughs> Vactor and I think Mark should think, Mark, think. And you should too. Shaw, what would you do if one day you woke up to discover that your dad was Superman? Let's just say your high school Shaw. What would high school Shaw do if he woke up one day working at McDonald's and all of a sudden, he said, my dad is Superman. What would you say? <laughs> How would that affect your life, Shaw? I mean, nothing against my dad, but he's never been like the svelte, like muscular, super tall guy. Not so like, like Shaw. To me, that would be kind of a funny Superman, I think. <laughs> you know, like to have like a dad bod Superman. Like, I think that I think there's a just came up. Shoff just came up with comic book gold, everybody. Right? Don't yeah. steal that idea. Dad bod Superman. <laughs> that would be amazing. Well, <laughs> he is Shoff. I am Vector. We are the Vectorverse. We are here talking about Invincible Season 2, Episode 2. Uh, last week we talked about Episode 1, had some nice engagement on YouTube, had some nice responses. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And thank you for tuning in this week as we talk about, in about six hours, I lose my virginity to a fish. I like these episode titles. I think they're like very comic booky, like what a comic book title would be. So I'm I'm loving these so far. But that 
says a lot about this episode, Shaw. Uh, we got to see a lot of stuff. Uh, but overall, we both enjoyed episode one. We we were into it. What did you think about episode two, Shaw? Are they keeping it rolling? Are they keeping this gravy train rolling? Uh, I don't think so. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I I felt like it kind of derailed a little bit. I felt like it lost a lot of the momentum established in the first episode. Uh, and to me, it felt a little bit like filler. It felt like they were satisfying some storylines that obviously happened in the comic books, which is their ultimate goal they're at they're adapting the uh, the source material and doing it in fresh ways which we'll get to in a moment like the massive stuff that went down at the end of last week's episode to like not even address it and kind of just go on as if nothing happened and then we only get this little snippet at the end showing uh, angstrom levy on a different earth uh interrogating uh, invincible trying to understand like what is what does it take to take you down kind of thing like that to me was the most interesting so i felt like the episode did too much of trying to stay away from what was going to be the most interesting thing to mm. for me at least i think my i know i don't know anything behind the scenes but my assumption is that angstrom is going to be the main baddie for this whole season yeah. so i think they're saving that for the yeah. end we'll see uh, once and the season wraps up, you're, 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 you bring up a great point, and I think that also kind of ties into how the first season was structured because we saw um, Omni Man just totally annihilate the Guardians of the of the Globe, and then they don't touch on that. Like in terms of like the details of that, it kind of like takes a little while. There's a slow burn, and then we come back to it, all of that um, revealing itself much much later in the season. And I think that's kind of like you said, that's how they're kind of building it, building it this way, structuring it with creating the person, letting it simmer and then kind of coming to that like explosive conclusion or however mm. it's going to be. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I think I was a little bit more positive on this episode than <laughs> Shaw. I uh, very much enjoyed episode two. The opening with Doc Seismic had me lolling Shaw. I was <laughs> loving this goofy uh, like comic booky villain and you know once again we talked about the voice cast last week uh, once again this episode just proved it these voice actors or these actors playing multiple roles uh right. chris i'm gonna mess up his name chris dianopolis uh played doc seismic but he plays a ton of characters in this show reginald vel johnson playing the principal which that is a deep cut easter egg from the comic books but they brought it over <laughs> to the show and actually got him because in the comics he goes to Reginald Vell Johnson High School and the the art looks like the actor but they actually got the actor to come on and do his voice yeah. 15 years later so it's like in the background of my mind I've been waiting for this day for 15 years but um, it's fantastic to have him once again so love <laughs> hearing him uh, as always and seeing him on the screen what did you think Shoff about the Adam Eve storyline that's going on, kind of her, and this plays off of that special that they did. Yeah, the, yeah. The so of her. that's a great point. So I personally, I'm really interested in that whole storyline and the dynamic between her and her step parents, or not step parents, foster parents. I guess you could right. say. I feel like be for a lot of people, if they're not watching that special, that uh, prequel, that does them a disservice. Mm. Uh, when it comes to appreciating the dynamics of this episode, because you don't really understand what's driving this uh, right. wedge between right. them. If that was understood a little bit better, maybe through better um, 
previously on Invincible or whatever, like if they like showcase that a little better, I think that we might be able to empathize with everybody all around mm. uh, versus it just seeming like the the dad is just a total like a hole, you know, <laughs> like, he's, right? He's so nasty to her and. Uh, and she is trying to help in the best way that she knows possible. And it, it just doesn't, all sides are not seen because we don't have that prequel as it's not viewed as required viewing, you know, it's like, uh, it's helpful supplemental, but I think like, I think it needed to be included. And I think like, Hmm. (laughs) not like you have to download it, but like, I think that it it would benefit viewers if they all had, had a chance to sit through it. Maybe Hmm. they did. I'm glad I did because it helped helped me appreciate that moment. I'm wondering how many people actually, if you're listening to this or watching this comment down below, did you watch the Adam Eve special? Cause I'm curious how many people got to experience that. And was it a good idea, Shaw, to split it off or should they have included it somehow, you know, weaved it into the, as flashbacks or a narrative into the actual main storyline. I'm curious because I don't know. Too many people, I haven't spoken to too many people that when that Adam Eve special came out, they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is more Invincible Um, because it was before this season. It was in between the two seasons. So I'm curious to see how that works. Um, But what you said about the the dad, uh, Fred Tattashore, who... Again, played multiple characters. He, I love him. He had a, a character in every scene. I swear, <laughs> in every scene, yes. the dude was in it. And it, at one point, it wasn't even like he was trying. He was just doing the same Fred voice. I was like, yes. okay, all right, we're just going to... He's not... He's He is a typecast dude. He's always playing like the super imposing, big, burly character. Right. So, right. I love him. Uh, someone else who I love, Shoff, which I don't know if I've ever gotten your take on, is Ben Schwartz. And in this episode, he plays yes. Russ, the astronaut. Yes. And I was just laughing the entire time. And his voice, like his vocal characteristics, brings something of comedy to it. Yes. Like he's, he, this is not the serious guy. Like You don't want the, his voice when he's playing a serious character. No. Um, th- I loved Russ. Uh, what did you think of Ben Schwartz in this episode? Uh, loved him, but I also, I love Ben Schwartz. Like, I know we both know somebody who absolutely hates Ben Schwartz. <laughs> like, in I don't know why. People, in terms of people that, that this person despises, Ben Schwartz is like at the top of the list. I don't which know Which is really why. unfair, but uh, it's just how it goes. But yeah, Ben Schwartz, I think, is a lot of fun. Uh, he is very, like, charming an actor, and everything he does, he's very memorable, and you cannot take that away from him. Like, no matter what role he's in, you always you know, remember those yeah. scenes, you quote those scenes, you use gifs of those scenes. Yes, I said gif, not jif. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I call it a gif. I love everything he's in. When he played Sonic, he was fantastic. When he was in Parks and Rec, he was fantastic. There's speculation that he might be playing Plastic Man in the Ooh. new DC, whatever you want to call it, the new DCU. I don't know. It's ironic because if that does become true, that will be the second character he's played that has stretchy powers. <laughs> oh yeah. Because playing yeah. this rust guy and, and being basically a Martian and having this like shape-shifting abilities, it's pretty cool. Pretty fun. Yeah. The play on that fish out of water, like he doesn't know what it's like to be human. He doesn't right. know the customs. Just, it's just that comedy is there. You know, it's from the comics, but um, I loved, all of his scenes when he when he didn't know like how to warm up the frozen pizza and like in his apartment when you look 
the mail had piled up in the background because it's like he doesn't know about the mail. Yep. He doesn't know about the rent. He doesn't know anything. What was about it when, with his boss? Uh, he was worried he was going to get killed or fired. I can't remember. What was the... It was funny because he like completely misinterpreted the circumstances. Because again, like he's not from here, he doesn't. He's yeah. just trying to fit in. But it was, and he said something about his head. Your head not screwed on right or something. And then he looks in the mirror. He's like, hmm, my, my head not right. <laughs> so yeah, all of that stuff with Russ was fantastic. Oh, Shuff, I don't know if we mentioned this on a previous episode, but also in that Adam Eve special, Tatiana Maslany, who played uh, yes. She Hulk, was the lizard. She was one of the lizard ladies, and. In this episode, thanks to X-Ray, yep, I, saw I noticed too. she played the the four woman in the when Adam Eve was setting up the at the construction site. That one I never would have caught because she's in such a small role. But then the fish princess or queen, yep. um, that is another role. And she's doing kind of, it's not her natural voice, so she's putting on some in, inflections. But do you, when you hear that or when you see Tatiana Maslany, do you start thinking She-Hulk? Or what? What's your feeling? What's your vibe when you when you see uh, that? pants get tight? Pants get really <laughs> tight. Uh, <laughs> mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry. I crush hard on Tatiana, so uh, I do think of She Hulk, and that that sends me spiraling. <laughs> sends me spiraling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's she had a lot of uh, a lot of roles too. Now I want to talk real briefly about her character, but also the underwater stuff. So mm, yes. Since I'm more recently read on some of the issues of Invincible, I know that that's not how the story goes. Ooh. So in the source material, and this is fine, by the way, it's totally, I have no gripes that they went a different way because that's, you kind of have to, right? Otherwise, if you just follow it to the T, you're not surprising viewers who are loyal to the source material. You want to give them something fresh, something new. But I kind of think that the the comic book version of this is the better story. And mm. I think that they, when they decide which path they go i think in this sense they went the wrong way so in the comic book because of the whole circumstances of killing uh the king of atlanta or whatever the guy's aquarius or however his name is invincible has to go down to atlantis and he has to in a sense he has to marry the the princess or the queen but then he also has to have public sex with her <laughs> in the center of like this huge like coliseum <laughs> and that's after i guess he vanquishes or no i'm sorry yeah like so he has to do that and the only way out of it is if someone else demonstrates a heroic act to save the queen or whatever mm. and so he like conspires with another uh atlantis uh, uh amphibian dude who really like has the hots for the queen and is able to port, sort of position this other guy so that he can do deal like a death blow to the person that he's fighting in this trial by combat so that they end up together versus Invincible and uh, the Atlantis chick. And like the con- and then you see like at the end of it, they're about to like bump uglies, uh, the two fish. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the funnier story. Like, <laughs> that's the one we should have seen. So I, mm. I understand why they changed it just to keep things fresh. But to me, like that's the better funnier story uh to tell oh man yeah sometimes with the adaptations um it's very interesting to see what they choose to uh, include and what they choose to change so yeah that is an interesting one and i had forgot that i remember liking that issue when it came out but 
Uh, again, this is like 15 years ago. I haven't read it since. But, yeah, and, and then uh, you got Tatiana voicing this character. And I'll yes. tell you what, if I was in Invincible Shoes and uh, circumstances presented themselves, uh, <laughs> there might be some bubbles, folks. There might be some bubbles. <laughs> Man, Shoff's getting X-rated on our show today. Uh, Aquaria was her name. I, I looked her up on X-ray, the uh, service on Amazon Prime Aquaria. Video that we talked about. Where it showed her, uh, her. It shows all the voice actors and um, <laughs> everybody that's playing it. But yeah, I thought overall there was um, a lot to like in this episode. A lot of comedy with Russ and the lizard. Or sorry, the um, the Martian storyline. We had like the Lizard King storyline at the end, and then like you mentioned, Shaw, the um, the Angstrom Levy uh, kind of stinger at the end. The, yeah, the mid credits thing. So there's a lot of stuff that they're um they're tying up here a lot of these storylines that they're weaving together um eve and her family and then we didn't even touch on Darkwing when he went into right, the other the Shadowverse. Yeah, yeah so that was I, that was cool and there's a lot of like a i think that's kind of like a play on cloak and dagger from marvel um as we talked about in the last episode there's a lot of things that invincible kind of comments on for other comic books and um kind of tries to improve upon so i think that was a fun little side tangent yeah. that we had uh real quick i wanted to mention i loved the uh when they were in the parallel universe or dimension and angstrom was interrogating invincible and then that universe's version of oh, cecil yes. and yes. i'm blanking on the other dude's name um, yeah. douglas or something yeah, I think it's doug yeah doug yeah they've come out but they're women and it just yes. and it doesn't look like they try it's just like a wig <laughs> yeah. and like dresses like on them right. and I, I laughed i was like that's that's good that's pretty funny. yes that was fantastic i also uh lolled when i saw that um so a lot of great stuff to be had in in episode two i'm hoping that the next episode just continues because shop we are halfway through this uh, portion oh, yeah, of Invincible. Right. Yeah, we have only getting four episodes for this half. And then ne uh, sometime next year, we're going to get the, the remaining four for this episode. So hopefully that fourth episode, we get some type of juicy cliffhanger shop that we can hang our teeth on, uh, hang our hats on. But I am enjoying talking Invincible with you, Shaw, as me always. Too. Thank you me very too. much for joining me, my friend. And Thank you, listeners, for joining us, or viewers, if you're on YouTube. Don't forget, you can always leave a comment, leave a super thanks if you're really feeling generous. That helps us here in the podcast, helps us in the Vectorverse, so that we can uh, hire the Mauler twins to get us some better, <laughs> uh, some, some better technology. So, excellent, my friends. Thank you very much. Shop, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Do you have... An invincible closing for us? I do, I do. Yeah. It just came to me a moment ago, so I'm like yeah. so ready for it. It was like, struck my brain. Vactor and I <laughs> love to get busy with fishies under the water, and you should too. What? I mean, maybe. What was your first college girlfriend experience like did you put a sock on the door was it that type of an experience for you Shaw? well i oh. lived at home <laughs> oh. <laughs> well that's so, awkward there definitely were some times where i had to sneak a girl out um Ooh. with the parents in the master bedroom of course hey. you know so like middle of the night you gotta go 
you got to get out of here. <laughs> but I'll tell you this real quick. The college girlfriend I had, man, that screwed me up. I ended oh. up failing that semester because I was so focused on the girl. Dang. And I almost got kicked out of Arizona State University. But that's Whoa. That is a we long story for another day. But just uh, just giving you a little, little taste, a little tidbit. All right. If you guys want to hear Shoff's story about what, how he almost got kicked out of ASU, leave a comment down below and we'll be sure to feature it on a future episode. But this episode, we're going to be talking all about Invincible Season 2, Episode 3. I don't know if this was like divided into two episodes. Did you yeah. notice there was like a like a cut in between and it was like half a credit? And I was like, what? And I checked the thing. And I was like, wait a minute. There's still half an episode left. Um, so I don't know exactly what that was. But this missive, this machination was this episode. Shaw, we're more than halfway through the halfway point of this season. That's true. Yeah. What did you think of this episode? I loved this episode. Yeah. Or I loved this episodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was not expecting to get an Alan the Alien centric episode. And that was brilliant i think they just made like a cut a hard cut at the end of that just because like how do you like transition into mm. and back to like the grayson storyline so like yes i think that's just why they like did like that quick credit scene or something like that um but man the voice acting uh, choices and casting were mm, chef's kiss we the the story is being propelled forward uh, and now we're definitely venturing the stuff I have not read yet in the comics, which I'm kind of happy about because that just makes it new and fresh and I have no idea where they're going with it. Um, so that's fun. But I loved it. I loved it. What did you think? Yes, I also loved it. And this continues to be my favorite show on TV. I know last week you were less than thrilled. I was still enjoying uh, this and this is just continuing to be, as some people say, Shop, a banger after a banger. Right. It just continues to be great. And the show blows my mind <laughs> when I see the voice cast. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. Whoever the casting director is, one day I'll look it up, should get an Emmy Award because they just continue <laughs> to just cast these great actors yeah. in multiple roles. And this one was no different. Um, yeah, let's 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 talk about the casting of some yes, stuff. So, yes. um, the Alan the Alien episode, we get a narrator, Paul F. Tompkins, yes. Doctor Miglimo from uh, yeah. Lower Decks, as well as plenty <laughs> of other things that he's done. Oh, yes. He had a very iconic voice, uh, able to pick out in a heartbeat. And then, then when I didn't think that was enough, Peter Cullen shows up, one of my absolute most favorite voice actors of all time, Optimus Prime himself, Optimus Prime. I adore this man and what he's done for our childhoods as well as into these mainstream Transformers movies. Gosh, there's few better, few stronger than Peter Cullen. And uh to cast him as Thaddeus was We'll get into it, but I think a brilliant choice because it makes you think something about a character because of the characters he's played before. And then by the end, you are totally subverted on those expectations. So, which is something I always loved in the comic. Um, so I'm like you hearing Optimus Prime. It's kind of like um, hearing Kevin Conroy's voice and it's just any role that he was in, I was loving. And, and it brought me back to my childhood. Peter Cullen's the same way. And he's even... Uh, older like uh, he was even fr from a, a longer period back in like yeah. my, my childhood so hearing his voice again was fantastic bringing alan back 
was amazing because he's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters in the comics and continues to be in the show. The Tatiana Maslany as Alan's girlfriend. Schwing. Schwing. <laughs> Hearing her voice again, it was like, oh man, I just, I love all of these choices that they're making. Speaking of, like you said, subverting your expectations, this episode did it, Shoff. And yeah. that's what the comic did multiple times. I'm wondering, actually, I don't think we've talked about this off mic. Are you at this point in the comic yet? Have you surpassed? Okay. So this yeah, show no, has... Um... He's in college, so that part is okay. right. Mark Grayson is in college, but he has not been met by this. I'm going to butcher the alien species, but like the mantis species. <laughs> yeah. Braxians or whatever yes. they're called. Haven't seen that, so that was a total surprise. The whole Thaddeus thing and yes. seeing like Alan's backstory, none of that has happened. Oh, I've we've seen Alan. Um, he's had a sparring session with Invincible, and that's when we found out that he was supposed to be going to Earth and not Earth. And uh, <laughs> uh, but I think that was the extent of what I've seen for Alan in the comics. It's hard for me oh, because okay, okay. I'm reading and watching at the same time, so I'm trying to like keep them divided on where I saw what. But I I definitely have not had the glimpse into the Alan like unopen storyline okay because when he first shows up it was in the show you might be wondering hey why is he one of your favorite characters and it's yeah, because of all of the other things that happen later in the comics so i'm i don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read the comics so i'm i have future knowledge of what's going to happen so i won't spoil it but just to I say i have to tell you about the future <laughs> a letter i'll give shoff a letter 30 years in the <laughs> past and then he'll read it but that alien species and i'm trying to look up his name because he's one of my favorite comedians one of my favorite actors oh rob delaney yes rob Delaney. yeah he is like his voice also makes me laugh um so hearing him yeah. again as that alien species at the end was fantastic <laughs> well let's say cool, that i was gonna say he had a cool uh intro because he yes. technically was playing two seance characters dog. yes yeah yes. seance dog uh which yes, was really which, wild that is uh, um something that goes throughout the entire uh comic run that seance dog and that was always something that kirkman put in the background like you'd put it on posters and t-shirts of mark oh, okay um so that also was a, a fun Easter egg for the comic fans. When Mark has to throw away his action figures and throws them in the dumpster, man, I felt that. I felt that. I have not thrown mine away, thank goodness. But I, I was going to say, I thought about you when I saw that. <laughs> but I have a huge crate of them sitting right next to my desk. And the intention for me is to do what my uncle did for me. Because uh, my uncle was a huge inspiration for me with comic books and stuff, but he had a bunch of of uh, action figures, and he he handed them down to me, and I'm going to hand down all of mine to yeah. my nephews um, who live in Arizona. So my plan is this Christmas to just box them all up and send them off, and and then just uh, my brother will send me videos of all of their adventures, uh, which will be mm. a lot of fun. But yes. there will definitely be a little bit of remorse over the idea of having to part with them after having them and collecting them for as long as I have. So, but it's, it's for, it's for a good, good cause for sure. Yes, man. I am also thinking about that um, right now. Uh, but that was a, a cool storyline of him getting into college. And, you know, I also think about where I am now in life versus where I was when I was reading the comic 15 years ago. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I was much closer to Mark's age and what he was going through at that time versus oh, that now being, helps. yeah, you could relate. Uh, yeah. A father. And like I said, 15 years later, I'm a different person now than I was when I was reading that comic. Yeah. So that also is interesting. Um, yeah. I didn't think about that, but 
actually, um, my good friends over at the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast, they've covered Invincible extensively. Um, if you haven't checked them out, they've been uh, previous guests on the show, but they are fantastic. They do a great podcast. But they were talking about how their experience now with Invincible is different than when they uh, were when it, when the oh, comic yeah. was first yeah, coming out. I can out. see that for sure. Um, so that brought up in, into my mind. I thought about that. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Because it has been 15 years. I, and I've said on a previous episode, I don't quite remember every single thing that has happened in the show or in the comic, but yeah. the show is kind of reminding me and refreshing yeah. me. Well, and the um, show is, is really finding ways to condense, consolidate, yes. expedite the story to get to yes. certain points. There's a, I mean, Which, there's 150, I think issues or somewhere around 150 issues in total. So there's a lot of content to get through. I think yeah. I'm on like issue 20 or 21. So like okay. I'm only scratching the surface. I'm probably about yeah. halfway through the first compendium. So, and they have took a massive jump in this episode, uh time jump. So they are, they are moving at a good pace. I, I wonder if they're going either to go beyond the comic or are they going to, just kind of condense everything into maybe five seasons, let's say, oh, you know, because it seems like they're, they're on a, a breakneck uh, pace, but well, I want to get to that with game of Thrones when they go beyond the source uh, material. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen here, but um, I do want to um, get what, to the ending of what yeah. happens, but we'll save that um, yeah. for, for a second. Uh, you were going to say, I was going to say this episode was full of um, sexy time, ASMR, oh. <laughs> lip smacking, and nom, 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 Tatiana, like... um, Tatiana Maslany uh, with <laughs> tentacles. Tatiana with tentacles. Excuse me while I J in my P all over this, my bees. This was a very MA 13, whatever the rating is. Uh, but it was yeah, one of those things where you, you, if you were like younger and maybe watching, you're like, "Hey, mom, dad, let's watch this new show together." <laughs> ah, and that scene pops up, and you're like, "You don't want to look over and see them looking at you watching it, like, because you know they're not watching the scene; they're watching your reaction to the scene." Yes. So. <laughs> the Adam Eve Invincible game just came out. The um, it's an RP turn-based RPG, right? But th it goes back into the first season and uh, Adam Eve's kind of where what she was doing right before you saw her in oh, the show, cool. and it deals with her parents. And there's a scene in the game that reminded me of what you just said. Oh, um, really? Kind of an awkward <laughs> thing. So definitely Tur uh, turn-based, <laughs> turn-based sexy time. <laughs> I'm enjoying the Adam Eve video game. Uh, oh, but I'll man. talk about that in another episode, perhaps. What did you think about the Guardians of the Globe, the Rudy and Amanda storyline, which I don't remember. Was that hinted at in the first season? Because I have the comic in my head. Was it um, hinted? Do you remember? Yes, I think vaguely. Okay. I think that's what kind of garnered his desire to want to be a like a, a human boy. OK, good. All right. Was so that he so, could relate to her in a different way because he was catching feelings for her, I think. OK, good. That yeah. was um, something I was thinking about, but that whole plot line and storyline is good. I liked seeing his brain activity when he saw her <laughs> yeah. and two things, the, the movie where they had to get the, the older adult person to get the ticket, the R rated movie. And then the first burger experience with yeah. Rudy. I was a little worried with him going into seeing a scary movie and not really having like flexed his fear muscles yet i thought there was going to be more to that like some kind mm. of big scene happened while he was at the movie theater like him losing control or something yeah, i didn't know where that was going and then they just cut to the yeah, uh, burger, burger and i was like and i was like is okay. this after or did they just not go see the movie yeah but there is so a was... line in the burger mart 
uh, section of the of the episode that I I wanted to get your take on and also yes. have ask you a question. So yes, Monster Girl. This is after he takes the first bite of his burger and he's like, oh wow, this is actually pretty appetizing because he looks at it and he's like, I don't think so. Um, but he, she says a good burger and fries is one of the greatest pleasures in life, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's so <laughs> true. That is so true, and it made me wonder. What is your favorite place factor to get a burger? And when you get that burger, what type of burger are you getting? You said favorite burger and... Well, like favorite place. So like it could be fast food. It could be a restaurant. Um, But like what place do you go to? And then what's the burger that you order? Because like there's tons of types of burgers out there. So. Okay. Man, put me on the spot, Sean. Ha ha. Uh, See, this is what actually... it's like. This is what it's like. <laughs> there's Soak a burger up. that no longer exists where I'm located, but there's a, a bar downtown, downtown Phoenix, where I live called Bitter and Twisted. Oh, I've and been there. they used to have a ramen burger where the bun is ramen. It's like fried noodles. And that is the greatest hamburger I've wow. ever had in my life. Red Robin also had one, but it, it wasn't as good as the Bitter and Twisted Interesting. one. So a uh, ramen burger, which I had first heard about it, coming out of LA and the food trucks over there is my favorite burger of all time. I can't really get it anymore. So maybe it'll come back again later. But if we're talking about like one that I can go out and get right now, uh, there's a place <laughs> called Zen Burger in okay, downtown in Gilbert. Yeah. And they, every single burger I've had from them has been fantastic. They're more of a sit down restaurant than yeah. fast food. Yeah. But they they have names like the Bruce Lee burger and it's yes. like it's got kicking sauce or whatever like it's it, everything there's a pineapple burger and all, they always have a burger of the month or burger of the week or something they got those and, truffle fries mm. oh those are great actually yeah. everything from Zen Burger is great it's I, true. I love I do miss that place. I miss I miss the restaurant scene in like Ooh, Phoenix yeah. like and come surrounding back, cities come back I know yeah. The the restaurant scene there is really, really after being like in various parts of the country so far, like just in the past few years, bar none, there's nothing holds a candle. Like mm. their restaurant scene is is peak. Um mm. at least for the places I've been otherwise. Yes. Um Man, that sounds good. You know, you could kind of recreate it at home. Just grab a couple of uh, ramen packets. Don't even cook them. Just have them be like nice and crunchy. And then stick a burger patty in between and just want to and then you film an asmr video Ooh, well, actually you know what's great about the i don't know how they do it but it's crunchy the noodles are crunchy but they're also soft so i don't know how they wow. get that combination but it's it's like a hamburger it's like yeah. a bun for a hamburger so what, by the way you, ever have a you might you might hear a squealing going on in the background that is my 18 month old so just a oh. just a heads up i thought you guys said that's your stomach because you're getting hungry <laughs> right now I want that ramen burger in my belly. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast, so what, no matter what you say, I'm gonna be uh, I'm, I'm gonna be dripping with drool. So <laughs> yeah, so that uh, that burger scene was great, and then also we had um, also talking about the Guardians of the Globe, the Rex and Kate relationship, yeah. which we kind of saw the interplaying between Rex and Eve, and then Kate and the Immortal, but. The thing that she said of why she's into the immortal was very poignant. And yeah, like didn't it kind of I felt like Rex in that situation where it kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, man, now I feel bad, even though I didn't do anything. I feel like like Rex <laughs> in this situation. So uh, that was that was a fun scene. Um, but even still, you've got Zooks like not really oh, taking responsibility for anything. You know, I like, can't he, I can't 
picture any other voice now. So when I read the comic originally, Manzukis was not the voice that I pictured. I, sure. He hadn't even come around yet. He wasn't even popular when the comic was out. And I was playing the game, like I was telling you, the Adam Eve game, and he he's plays a large role in that. I could only picture Manzukis's voice as because it's kind of like a visual graphic yeah. novel. Um, so there's text on the screen when Rex is talking, and all I could he yeah. think about. <laughs> Was Manzukas? So, What's up, jerks? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's now like Kevin Conroy. He like inserted himself, and when I read that character, I'm only thinking about his voice. That's good. Um, That's good. He's he's uh, cemented himself in the legacy of Invincible for sure. Yes. <laughs> we had the uh, spouses of superheroes support group. Yeah, SOS. Debbie, that was cool. Um, taking her, some of her grief, and then the other person that she speaks to outside of the group is uh davine diggs from Daveen hamilton diggs, yeah mm -hmm. and again back to the casting it's like this is just another great actor um that i've liked him in everything he's ever been in but subverting your expectation again kind of thinking oh he's gonna be our friend and he's gonna be a nice guy you better not come back <sighs> yeah here. it's gonna, not gonna be a safe place for you it was like, well and Whoa. you gotta wonder who else in that group is in the same oh, boat right? right like after right. he revealed that i'm thinking i mean Omni Man took them all out. So oh. if they're all going to this meeting, or if you know, granted they're across the globe, right? So like they're not all going to be there. But um, but man, that would that would be really tough. It'd yeah, be a really that, tough thing. That Talk about collateral a, damage and, and fallout. Yeah, yeah, that was a a poignant moment. Um, so all of that stuff is happening. Shaw, let's get to the ending. Did you see? I've known about this. Yeah, and I've. Since season one, I've been holding on to this and not trying to spoil it for anybody. So what I want to know your thoughts experiencing it for the first time. Um, you're talking about when uh, the alien uh, takes Invincible back to the planet? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I assumed. Did you know? No, th that part okay. had not come up in the comics okay. yet. So uh, I didn't know what to expect, but I also felt like from a narrative perspective, it made sense that William mm. would be the one to convince Invincible to go based on what went down with Rick because they hesitated and Invincible didn't help. So that gave him the proper motivation to leave because otherwise you're like, what reason does Invincible have to trust this random alien who just showed up, right? Like that to me, like if you were you or I were in the same position, would we automatically trust this alien and go with him on a spaceship on a, like a six day Earth? you know, six Earth Day mission to another galaxy or whatever. I don't even like driving six minutes, so <laughs> I don't like commuting. So six day commute. Yeah. When he said that, I was like, I would have stayed on Earth. <laughs> so uh, to me, like but, that, that was gonna be a big leap for the character to decide to just do that and miss like theoretically a month's worth of and time. Cecil going yeah. against Cecil's direct order when he's trying to be on yeah. Cecil's good side. And he'd already made plans to meet up with his mom on that Sunday. That's not going to happen. He just uh, got busy with his girlfriend, maybe for the first time. I that's what it seemed like. It seemed like, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, and now he's going to leave for a month. Like that's just that's not going to go well for the relationship either. So so just you know, kind of crazy. So crazy choice. I don't know if I would have done the same thing that Invincible did, but I feel like he was feeling the guilt based on what uh William had said and so he felt inclined to to go and and also he's out to prove that he's not his dad. So yes. that's I think the driving force for him with everything is he's not his dad. And I got to say I can't I do relate to that sometimes. Hmm. Um 
not to, I'm not looking to poo poo, you know, my, my dad, but there are certain things that for me, I just, I want to pave a different way. And yes, yes. Um, so, so yeah, so that, that was a surprise, but then getting there and seeing that there wasn't a huge calamity, there wasn't a bunch of meteors falling or anything like that. And then the big reveal that the monarch of this alien species is none other than Omni-Man. I did not think we were going to see him so soon. That surprised me. And that's, that's what I meant by it. It really takes a leap in the comics because there's a lot of time that passes where, like I said, the comic is coming out on a monthly basis. So it might have been, I haven't looked it up. It might have been two years in real time before he comes back. And the whole time, just like in, in the show from season one to season two, the entire time you're thinking, this is the wor- biggest villain. This is yeah. the worst thing. So what's going to happen next is going to be very interesting, show. I can't wait to see. And I'm very excited where this is going. Uh, this was a very well done episode. They packed a ton of stuff into this. There's so many storylines that are going on where it almost feels like this is not necessarily just Invincible's story now. It's like every the world like we're following everybody in this world so it's it's fun because not a single storyline is boring to me every single one has been interesting and and i want to see you know i care i cared about them from the comics but if if i was just watching this show i've already you know fallen in love with each one of these i i have i'm invested in them oh, to yeah. see what happens totally totally um, uh <sighs> any, anything else shaw from your, uh, a couple from your quick notes? notes we had leah thompson uh, oh, in the yes, SOS. Yes, yes, so yes. we had a uh, Lorraine, <laughs> you're going to be my wife, Lorraine. Uh, so we He's had an her in this dream. Yeah. So that was great. Um, I was putting her casting on my hope chest <laughs> on Williams wall. There was a poster for not Lady Gaga, but Lady Yaya. <laughs> yeah. was funny to me. I laughed at that. There was another one too. There was another like pop culture. I can't remember oh, what it was. There. Okay. There was another riff on something. <laughs> and then perhaps one of the best lines shapeshifter uh or no shape smith yes sorry uh he says i'd like to run while remaining in a stationary location is that cool beans (laughs) and then he just hops on the track doesn't turn it on he's facing the wrong way and he's just running in place again ben schwartz like in i don't know a minute of screen time steals the show like every every part of that was great and what's awesome is i've believe that if ben schwartz were playing it in live action that's exactly what he would yes, have just come yes, up with on his own yes, to do yes as like yeah, an improv, great, like improv smart yes. like comedy mm-hmm. type guy so yeah um the back and forth with alan the alien being <laughs> dead then alive and then i assume dead uh because of the um the surprise reveal with uh thadius um that that threw me, man, because I was like a roller coaster of emotions, I'm like, no, yes, no. <laughs> um, and but, that's how the comic is. It's like, yeah, that's what I love about this. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, uh, I don't have much more in the way of notes, but it was an excellent episode. Probably one of my favorites of the entire series yeah. so far. I have yes. To say. Yes, perfect. Man, I'm I'm loving this show. Are you loving it, viewers? Um, anyone who is listening to this on their audio platforms or video, if you're on YouTube, if you are on YouTube, don't forget, you can always leave us a like and comment down below, letting us know how you're thinking about the show. And right next to that like button, there's a little thank you, a little super thanks 
um, that you can give us a little donation and help us out here in the Vactiverse. We are thanking you very much. We got some great stuff coming down the line. We got some Scott Pilgrim reviews. Scott Pilgrim Takes Off just came out today on Netflix. All Ooh. eight episodes dropped. So we are going to be covering it here in the Vectorverse. Um, so stay tuned. We've got uh, one more episode of Invincible left before they take their hiatus until next year. <sighs> and then um, some uh, Marvel What If is the next series that's coming out after that. So tune in again to the Vectorverse. Like I said, we've got some great stuff coming down the line. Shaw, thank you very much for thank joining you. us, my friend. You are the uh, good Thaddeus of our of our uh, <laughs> universe. You've got the optimist voice. rarely calls upon us at a moment of our choosing. And Shoff In the would... beginning, there was <laughs> the cube. Shoff would never turn off your life, life support viewer. Just remember that. No. Shoff, you got a closing for us? Um, <laughs> yes, I'm going I'm to do it in my Optimus Prime voice. Yeah. Um, I love Tatiana with tentacles, and you should too. Now, roll out. If your dad went away, and after a number of years, you found him, or he found you, I should say, he came to you and he said, son, I need your help. I've got a new son with another wife in another state another county, another town, what would your reaction be? Would it be to give him the bird? Or would you accept him with open arms and say, I have a baby brother? What would your reaction be, Shaw? It could be a little bit like Mark, and I'd say, Ooh, we're getting right into it here in the Vactorverse. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> Invincible Season 2 with Shaw and I am Vector. It's been a while. Since I first blew your head off with this, <laughs> and then I took your teeth and I punched <laughs> them in. This is the season, or I should say the the mid season finale. Shaw, uh, yeah. we got four episodes. This was episode four, and then we're getting four episodes next year, sometime next year. We don't have a specific release date, but hopefully, this is hopefully January. That's what I want. Oh, yeah. January. Oh, man, that would be great because, again, <laughs> as I said previously, Shaw, this is my favorite show on television right now, so I can't wait for more Invincible. But let's get right into this episode, Shaw. What were you thinking? Because this is also something that I have known about the comics and I had been waiting to hear your reaction. So what do you think, <laughs> Shaw, about this episode? Ooh, this episode was awesome. Awesome. I mean, the last episode ended off on that crazy cliffhanger, the return of, of Nolan Grayson, Omni-Man. Hey, son, it's been a while. Um, and <laughs> just so cool to see this unfold. I mean, Mark is so far away from Earth and doesn't have much of a choice here. And uh, so what's going down is like, I mean, you're between a rock and a hard place, like you have to make a really tough decision, but you don't really have any good options. And that's Mark right now. And man, I mean, he proves that he's a hero. He always does the right thing, no matter how much it hurts him in the process. But great episode. Excellent finale. I mean, a slightly depressing. There's some moments that are like, you know, just full of despair. Uh, but overall, this episode is fantastic. Makes me really excited for what's to come. And a uh, quick name drop to to our buddies over at Invincipod. Gosh, they called it. I was watching their episode. We actually we recorded right after we had our episode. And man, both 
<laughs> Both of them really, really knew it. Um, Ralph and James, they they kind of called what we're, that we're expecting this uh, this episode to end with. And I was like, man, you guys know your stuff. So, <laughs> so shout out to Invincipod and uh, Ralph and James because uh, they're a couple of awesome dudes who know their Invincible comics for sure. Yes. Uh, you can check out that episode that Shuff is alluding to on this feed in the Vectorverse or head over to Invincipod and check out the latest episode. I think they are going to be recording their season two, episode four review, right? Uh, right around the time we record this. So we'll probably be oh, putting cool. our episodes out um, simultaneously. But yeah, shout out to Invincipod, the best podcast on the internet, specifically about Invincible. I really liked the opening of this episode, Shuff, where we saw Nolan's journey through space. Yes. And how he became the monarch, basically, of the Thraxans. And I was thinking about... Would the black hole even kill him, or would he just be like Loki at the end of time? Just well, here I am, like I'm just sitting here doing nothing. I was wondering about that because the Viltrumites, now even though they can die, it's there's specific things that they can survive. So I was just wondering, is a black hole something that they could survive? But I guess we'll yeah. never know, Shaw. I got a question for you. So yes. the visuals in that particular moment, whether it was like the tiny version of Nolan just like flying across the low end of the screen and like the these beautiful cosmos and burning suns and whatever else like and then that shot of him like in the center of the frame and the black hole um him basically on like the event horizon and uh it was such gorgeous imagery and i'm wondering was that something that they just came up with and visualized for the the show or is it something that you remember from the art of the issues I don't remember that specifically. That's not one that stands out. And it's been it's been a while since I read the comic. So I, I really need to go back and do my reread. But I've had so many other comics yeah. that I'm reading at the moment. But I don't recall that specifically. I'll but probably man. answer my own question in the next couple issues. Because I'm like, I'm at the part where Science Dog is showing up. And so yes. I know that what's to come is... Science dog is actually a Thraxen in disguise and he's going to bring Mark with him to his planet. And then all this stuff is going to go down. So like, I feel like I'm very close to what's happening in the TV show, which is great because it's kind of yes. fun to read them in tandem, not intentionally. Yes. It's just kind of unfolding that way through timing. So it's good. And are you still enjoying watching the episode first and then reading the comic in that order? Well, it started out intentionally that way, but now they're kind of, happening at the same time which is an interesting way to, to to do it and i kind of like it that way because that helps me really isolate the differences mm. in the narrative and like yeah. hey this worked better this didn't work better or this didn't work as well it's been a lot of fun i i, I now, really liked it here's a question for you shaf now that we're at the midway point now that we're at this break this hiatus are you going to put a hiatus on your reading or are you going to continue Ooh. and are you oh. going to get further along in the comic than in the show squid pro you row you don't have to decide right now but i was just wondering that's a good question i think uh there's so many other comics that uh, i need to attack but i don't i don't feel like i want to leave invincible hanging so i feel like i probably will keep it up but in a more mm. casual sense so that i don't get too far ahead of the storyline happening on tv yeah gotcha. okay cool. Um, well, we'll continue to check in 
on you as but we continue to do our episodes. You were talking about the Omni-Man imagery uh, yes. and like that beginning opening. And it, I, what I found was really cool is they found a way to show parallels between Omni-Man and Mark's mom. And I, I don't know why, but I'm blanking on Mark's mom's name. That just Debbie. eludes me. What is it? Debbie. Oh, Debbie. Deborah. Okay, yeah. So Debbie, her like walking across the frame and she's barefoot, downtrodden. She's in full on despair. I was like, whose mode. feet are those? When I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> don't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Quentin Tarantino shot for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, can we get a little bit closer? Can we pause that for a moment? Can we slow yes. that down? But like she's also, walking across real quick, some great needle drops of both of those, yes. um, both, Agreed. both those journeys. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But she's walking across and it's like the same, um, like as Nolan was at the bottom of the screen, she's at the bottom of the screen. Uh, they're both sort of listless in what they're doing. Like I, I really appreciated that because they're both in a sense of despair for different reasons, but related reasons. And it was just, it was really, really cool. Yeah. And I really like the, now that I don't know if they necessarily planned it this way, but the two year break between seasons one and season two, there really was some time for you to think Omni-Man is terrible. Nolan is a really like, he's the worst dad of all time. That's the same thing that happened in the comic where it was like years in real time where I'm thinking, man, Omni-Man sucks. He's a bad dad. And then he comes back into the comic. He comes back into the story. And I was like, wait a minute. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not the worst guy in the world. Um, so I'm interested to get your take on that as he comes back. What were your initial feelings at the end of the last episode and then going into this one? What were you thinking of him coming back? Like, were you thinking, what, what does that mean for this story as yeah. Omni-Man comes back? That's really inter interesting. I did write down that I thought that it was, how did I describe it? It's interesting that they're able to make us empathize with a mass murderer like Omni-Man, somebody who's so violent and showed so so much disregard for human life, but yet still we're compelled to want to see him be okay or reunite with Mark or find some common ground or whatever. But like, he's a very interestingly written character. and. I would argue the most layered character of the mm. show, mm. more so than Mark, who's arguably the lead of the show. Mm -hmm. I would say that Omni-Man is the more layered character, yes. more complex. Yeah. And that's really cool because oftentimes villains, especially villains, are one note. They're one dimensional. They are either all good, <laughs> you know, they view themselves. I'm sorry, they're all bad, but they right. view themselves as all good. But in this case, it's gray everything's gray mm -hmm. and even um and mark has to sort of operate in a sense of gray in order to, to keep to to survive like he has right. to start thinking like a viltrumite as as nolan says and mm -hmm. man epic yeah so epic again i think we talked about it on last week's show they're weaving in so many storylines and all of them are good there's not a single one that i'm not compelled by and i love the Maulers, when we check in on them, and King Mauler and the clone. It, it's funny that they said this is the first time we can actually say which one is the original, yeah. which one is the clone. And that that comic relief of them, every time I just see the Maulers, I start laughing. And <laughs> it's funny because two times in this episode, I thought about the Adam Eve video game 
that just came out, the RPG. And there's a Maulers section in there, and it made me think about the show. And then also later on, Kill Cannon, he has oh. a big part in the game. And when I saw him show up in this, I had just played the game recently and the kill cannon level um, showed up and I was like, oh man, this is, this is great. I get more of that character that I just saw in the game. So I'm actually having a similar experience of you show off a little bit with the game and the show where you're having the comic in the show. So I'm having two different mediums yeah. uh, crisscross. Do you, do you find it overwhelming a little bit from a narrative perspective to have normally, I mean, when we watch like a movie or something or even a TV show, usually there's an A storyline, a B storyline. Occasionally there's a C storyline, but in Invincible, it's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G storylines. Right. And they're all happening concurrently. And I mean, I, I'm able to follow it, but it's, it's unusual. It's unusual storytelling than what we're we're accustomed to and i wanted to get your yeah. take on that well our friends over at invincipod i think called it out this is really like invincible universe and mm. in the comics they ended up spreading out and telling all these stories and having separate spin-offs and and side issues so the the invincible universe already exists in the comics it's already been spread out but the show i feel like is doing a great job also of t telling all these stories of not just mark not just Omni-Man, like they're telling everybody's backstory. And I'm really enjoying that just because I, like I was saying, I haven't found any of them to be boring. If there was a boring one, I think I would be more like, man, let's just get back to Invincible. And I wouldn't, I, I think I would feel more overwhelmed. But for me, also knowing the story already, I guess I'm enjoying that it's getting to that place where I know in the comics, I know all of these layers, all these plot lines in the comics. So I'm like, oh yeah, they're getting to this one. They're getting to this one. So years of comic reading is now coming back to me and like, oh yeah, this is a fun take. And hearing each actors, what they present or what they bring to it is fantastic. And I think we're going to talk about that when we do our Scott Pilgrim takes off mm. review, how each of those actors bring something out in the characters. The same thing here, Omni-Man hearing J.K. Simmons and hearing uh, Stephen Ewan, all of their performances, all the, the subtleties that when I was reading the comic, I didn't necessarily have that take on it or have, and it's the same you know material, but they might be bringing something different with the, the tone of their voice or their inflection. Like that's why they're actors. That's why they get paid the big bucks. But for you, Shoff, I'm curious. When you're reading it now, are you hearing these voices in your head? <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Which I, I think it just helps. I, I mean, I, I like it. Uh, and I think they're, they're casting. If their casting wasn't great, then I'm, I might not feel so inclined to assign a voice to the character I, I'm reading. But all the casting is incredible. And it just makes sense. I mean, even getting Sandra Oh as Mark's mom, like she's a, a really like incredible actress. And you would think that these like big name actors and actresses might not want to put their name to something like a an animated show cartoon to dumb it down you know like i hate to call this a cartoon because it's it's not like it's it is but it isn't um it's elevated cartoon imagery the story is far more dynamic than any cartoon i've seen you know but they do and and by adding their own gravitas to it like they're they're adding layers to create a character that is fully fleshed out so it's excellent we got we didn't get as many cameos or like other voices in this episode that we've had in the past but we did get phil lamar 
Um, I saw he was playing one of the Viltrumites. We got another Clancy Brown voiced character, which I am thrilled about. We got, I don't know much about this character, but I know that he's going to factor up in a big way to what's coming because uh, of what Ralph and James on the Vincipod were hinting at, but um, General Krieg. And I would have not pronounced it Krieg. I would have pronounced it Craig based on how it's spelled. Right. <laughs> but I'm glad he said his, how to say his name. <laughs> 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 General Craig, you know. Yeah. But it's great to hear Clancy Brown voice anything. And since, yes, I'm trying to think, what was the other thing? Oh, he voiced uh, Damien Dark as well. Oh, right. Damien, yes, I'm, yes. I'm Damien Darkblood, not Damien Dark. Yes, right. Um, yeah, whatever happened to him? Yeah. He's stuck I, in hell. He's stuck in hell now. Oh, man. We I gotta, hope he comes we back because I like Damien yes. That was a great. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Damien Darkblood and I want to see the lion face guy, Battle oh, Beast. Yes. You, I want that. Not to spoil it, you will see Battle Beast a lot because he is with Alan the Alien. Battle Beast is my other favorite character in the Invincible Universe. So you will see Battle Beast again. I would hope so because there's the, there's a character who could take on Viltrumites. Like he's strong enough was, to do so. Yes. And was that Michael Dorn? It was, yeah. Okay, good. It was Worf. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we're going to get some great uh, Michael Dorn stuff coming up. I like the way that they ended this episode and trying to, the struggle of Mark, I think is also the struggle of the audience of, and Debbie as well. Do you forgive this man? Is he irredeemable to take another superhero's name? Uh, Which if you haven't read Irredeemable, fantastic Mark Wade comic book. Highly recommend. But is there anything that is irredeemable about Omni-Man to the point of you cannot forgive this man? At this point, right now, where we're at, Shaw, have you forgiven Omni-Man? Or are you still kind of like where Mark is? Kind of, you know, you did all these bad things. You lied to me. Are you still in that phase? I think I'm a pretty forgiving person. So I think I I can see like, because you can see the conflict in him. And I think that that demonstrates that there's a certain amount of humanity that has mm. been born in him by being around other humans. Yes. That he's not, has, doesn't have the one track mind of domination uh, that Viltrumites tend to. So I think, I think, yeah, I think we're all flawed people. I think we all make mistakes. His mistakes were huge and the kind that you can't take away uh, or fix. But, but yeah, I think, I think he's redeemable. I think he's a redeemable character. He's definitely, he doesn't want to accept these changes in him. And that's the, that's literally the interesting part about it is he's pushing back on his own true nature that's coming through. Um, right. But it's from what it seems to me, and I don't know the comic, but it does seem to me like what we're building towards is Mark and Nolan versus the Viltrumites in a much and bigger this way. Is, yeah. And this is very much, I think everything that is leading up to this is going to be uh, interesting. There's no, like you said, there's no black and white. There's a lot of shades of gray and where you fall on it. And that's also one of the great things about the comic that Robert Kirkman created was there's a lot of things that relatable. There's a lot of relatable things where you can put yourself in these characters' shoes and what would you do? Even the Donald, him finding out what yeah. happened to him. And that's that's a bigger plot line as well. So there's a lot of stuff that's coming down the pipeline. And that's, that's the point that I'm at is like, man, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. I want to talk to well, you about it. The other part that's really intriguing to me is I, I finished, I, I got to the part where Alan the alien has his whole encounter with the Viltrumites and he ends up on like a hospital bed and they put his guts back in and they put his <laughs> eyeball back in and they reattach his arm and everything. But in the comics, his he's not killed off. 
like Thetis kind of like turns to him and that's when he's like, there's a mole. And this is after he's already in the hospital bed. So there's a difference here because in the, in the TV show, it pretty much looks like he just pulled the plug on Alan, the alien and Alan's gone. But in the comics, there's it's open-ended where it seems like Alan is okay. So I'm interested to see what happens there because the implication is that this status guy might actually be a Viltramite. I don't know, right? Like, you know, I don't know. But it seems like he might be a Viltramite. And if that's the case, the very coalition that exists to sort of protect planets or find a fighting force that could defeat the Viltramites is run by a Viltramite. Like, that, that's wild. And that does not bode well. <laughs> So, yes. um, but it's, it's like their their Viltramites have figured out every angle, you know. Like yes. that, man. Yeah. So yeah, so that keep an eye on that. Also, yeah. do you remember what Nolan's last words were? To yes, Mark? I wanted to ask you about that. So yeah. he talks about there's something about his books. He's like, read yes. my books, Mark. Yes. So there's something to these books, and I don't. Maybe it's to understand him better, or there's some message for Mark that he needs to hear. I don't, man, I don't know. That, yeah, keep an eye on that. That is another plot line that is going to be explained in the next season, I hope, or next, um, the next couple episodes. So yeah, that is also a big thing. But man, I don't want to spoil it. I already know the name of the brother because <laughs> they said they let him name themselves. Uh, but I already know the name. So keep an eye on that plot line. Yeah, um, yeah. He's got a little purple brother now. Yes. And <laughs> a little bug brother. He is also not to spoil anything, but he is a great character as well. Very much Damien from Batman uh, lore. The Damien, Damien Wayne esque very uh the same type of personality is his name like an earth name like is it yes. like a okay yeah yeah so uh very much keep an eye on that plot line we will see very much but man there's so many things that are happening so fast now it's like i'm trying to remember everything that is in the timeline of what happens but like i said i need to do my reread here soon uh maybe before the next couple episodes come out maybe before the next half i will be i will do my reread of invincible but man, Chuff, just some fantastic stuff. There's <laughs> very little for me to not like about this show. Like I said, every plot line is just great. I, I'm loving everything that they're um, they're doing, and, and the adaptation of it from the comic books has been fantastic. Uh, before we wrap up, did you have any other uh, notes that you wanted to get to? Um, I just said the, the Mahler twins are always a good time. I did not <laughs> expect that we were going to get more Maulers uh, back again just because of how things were left off. I was like, oh, he's by himself now. I mean, yeah, he could always make a clone, but I kind of thought that all that technology was sort of blown up. I didn't know like what they were going to do with that, but I'm glad that he's back. It was wild to me to see how Lucan was just like putting like one finger down on Invincible's head and like just like pounding him into the dirt, into the ground, into the rock with one finger. I'm like, how are they going to fight this? this force like that's insane and he's like half filter might like it was just wild plus he's at the end he's holding his own guts and he still <laughs> defeats nolan he uh seemingly breaks his back like and and by the end of the episode it's like they're taking um nolan's going to be killed in the morning executed oh yeah uh invincible has like a moment to head back to earth although how is he getting back to earth did they say that i can't remember no they didn't say because he can't just fly the, there on his own he has no way how to no doesn't know how to get there and pretty much everybody right. in town was killed so maybe Creed gives him a ship and i don't even remember in the comic yeah. exactly how it happens but yeah. um but there was a moment where i was like oh man is omni man dead there's just like so much 
happening with this. So, uh, but I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yes. I'm so glad yes. you introduced me to this. Uh, I had, I had slept on this show for too long, and I'm glad I finally gave it an opportunity to uh, to watch it. Yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying the show, and then also the comic as well. Uh, and I like having your perspective on this um, show, having someone that was not familiar with the comic um, before the show. Uh, so having both both sides of it has been great. Man, I am having a blast. I hope you are as well, fellow viewers and fellow listeners uh, here in the Vectorverse. If you have anything that you want to talk about in the Invincible Landscape, leave us a comment down below. Let us know how excited you are for the next season or not excited uh, for the next uh, half of the season, I should say, uh, season two, second half coming up next year in 2024. We will be here talking about it here in the Vectorverse. So, oh, and don't forget also in the Vectorverse, you can always leave us some thanks, some super thanks down below that will help us in uh, very nice ways to continue the podcast to grow and elevate and bring you more content here in the Vectorverse. So thank you very much. Leave us a super thanks. Leave us a comment. Let your friends know about the Vectorverse. We're going to be here talking about comic books. We've got Scott Pilgrim Takes Off coming out. We've got What If Season 2 coming out. So there's still... Oh, there, and we got Aquaman 2, if you, if you forgot, is coming out in December. So there's still a lot of comic book stuff left for 2023 going into 2024. But I will be here. Shoff will be here. And we hope you will be too. Shoff, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you have a closing for us? Um, I'm, I'm kind of workshopping it in my brain right now. I don't know if it's going to come out sounding clear <laughs> or all at all, but um, let's see. Okay. Neither Vactor nor I have fathered any space bug babies, and you shouldn't too. <laughs>